Our chapter for today is Revelation 21. One of my favorite hymns that is sung in churches far too seldomly, in my humble opinion, is the hymn, This Is My Father's World. Uh, the third verse of that hymn, I think, is a perfect encapsulation of the reality that we encounter here in this chapter. The third verse of that hymn says, This is my Father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied, and earth and heaven be one. We've seen repeatedly throughout Revelation that, and we can see it with our with our own eyes every day all around us in the news how how the the wrong indeed seems off so strong and the and the and the battle is not done yet we've also seen throughout revelation uh, the triumphant declarations that Jesus who died shall be satisfied now beginning in revelation 21 we we get to see the coming reality when heaven and earth shall be one there are times when our our hymnody uh, doesn't serve us very well when it comes to singing about heaven. Sometimes hymns uh, give descriptions that are better suited for a, a Charmin commercial. Harps abound, and 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 uh, you know, old hymns talk about I wing my flights to flight to worlds unknown, or I f- to find an eternal home in a mansion just over the hilltop. I mean, you know, the picture we find in the Bible, uh, especially in places like Revelation twenty-one, are are more in line with the description there in This Is My Father's World, where earth and heaven be one. We're not floating on clouds playing a harp. Uh, Again, in that same book I mentioned yesterday, The Bible in the Future by Anthony Hookema, he, he said it well when he says, The Bible assures us that God will create a new earth on which we shall live to God's praise in glorified resurrected bodies. On that new earth, Therefore, we hope to spend eternity enjoying its beauties, exploring its resources, and using its treasures to the glory of God. Since God will make the new earth his dwelling place, and since where God dwells there heaven is, we shall then continue to be in heaven while we are on the new earth. For heaven and earth will no longer be separated as they are now, but will be one. Well, let's take a closer look for ourselves to see where he gets that idea. Revelation 21 gives the description of the fulfillment of some very old promises. (laughs) Some 700 years before John was given this revelation, God spoke through the prophet Isaiah saying in Isaiah 65, 17, For behold, uh, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. John's friend and fellow apostle Peter said confidently in 2 Peter 3.13, according to his promises, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So now John, in the Spirit, is given a vision of those promises fulfilled. He sees that the first heaven and the first earth, according to verse 1, had passed away. This isn't a surprise, really, as as Peter uh, had already told us um, in 2 Peter 3.12, that at the at the coming of the day of God, the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. On the other hand, when John sees in verse 1 a new heaven and a new earth, we ought not to assume that it will be an earth different in every respect to what we know now. The Lord will certainly judge the present world with fire, but it seems that at the conclusion 
of that judgment. He will renovate this present world into a new world uh, to be all that it was always intended to be. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 8.21, the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay. And both Peter uh, in in Second Peter three thirteen and John in Revelation twenty one use the word new, uh, the the Greek word new kainos, which means uh, it means new in in nature. It it means new in nature, not new in in origin. Um, it just it's a it's a new thing in nature. It so bottom line, we won't be a, a float in the clouds, but we'll live on a good solid earth but an absolutely perfected version of what we know now. What will make it a perfected version of what we know now is the fact that there will no longer be a separation between God's dwelling place in heaven and man's dwelling place on earth. Those two dwelling places converge on that day. John hears in verse 3 a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with him and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. This is the ultimate uh, fulfillment of a long stream of promises, like I mentioned. For example, Genesis 17, 7 and 8, Rebel, I mean, Exodus 20, verse 2, Jeremiah 24, 7, Jeremiah 30, 22, Jeremiah 31, 33, Ezekiel 11, 12, uh, 11 20, Zechariah 13, 9, 2 Corinthians 6, 16. I mean, just over and over again. And there are... Two very clear results here in Revelation 21, two very clear results of this divine human union in the new heavens and new earth. Those two clear results are the sanctity and the security of that place. The sanctity and the security of that place. What about the sanctity of that place? Well, what do, I, what do we mean by that? Well, we mean sin is no more. Notice in verse 1, we're specifically told that the sea was no more. Well, that, that, that may seem like an odd tidbit to share. But if you've been reading carefully through Revelation with us, you, you, you might recall that in earlier chapters, it was out of the sea that the beast was pictured uh, to have arisen in order to deceive and persecute the nations. Well, that's no more. The sea is no more. The new Jerusalem also is, is, is uh, described beginning in verse 9. It's, is, uh, it's not a reference to a, a physical place, like a, a new like geographical location, but it's, this new Jerusalem is a, a symbolic reference to all the redeemed of God. Notice that this new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven in verse 2 is described as a bride adorned for her husband. And, and, and represented by both, in verses 12 and 13, represented by the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel and the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The new Jerusalem, symbolically representing the redeemed church of God, is described as holy and having the glory of God, indicating its sanctity. Finally, we're told that in the new heavens and the new earth, nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who, who are written in the Lamb's book of life, verse 27. Through Jesus, we have already now been saved from the penalty of sin, and we are currently progressively being saved from the power of sin. But the day is coming when we will be saved fully and finally from the very presence of sin. 
there's a sanctity about that place. But secondly, we see the security of that place. I love the passing comment in verse 25 that its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there. I, I, I for a long time, wondered why we're told why the door, <laughs> symbolically at least, we're told that the door is always standing wide open. It's kind of dawned on me that it shows how safe and secure from all evil and all danger the place will be. It's, a, it's, a fa- it's fascinating to, to imagine how uh, it, it says the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and yet there will be absolutely no corruption or oppression in it. As Peter said, a new earth, it's a new earth in which righteousness dwells. The description of the new heavens and the new earth actually continues on into the next chapter ending in Revelation 22.5. But here we see the Bible ending right where it began. In Genesis, sin caused man to be banished from the garden, away from the presence of the Lord, and away from the tree of life, Genesis 3.24. In the new heavens and new earth, the dwelling of place of God, the dwelling place of God is again with man, and he returns to the garden where the tree of life is again at the center. We'll see that in Revelation 22 too. The Bible comprises 66 different books, and yet it tells one big story, a story of redemption. It begins with paradise lost, and it's going to end with paradise regained. Those are just a few thoughts from Revelation 21.